Welcome in, everyone. Final Score Podcast. Greg Swatek here with you. We are proud to be presented by PFP, Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick. Let's get right to it. My guest this week is a graduate of Thomas Johnson High School and the University of Virginia. On Saturday night, he made his major league debut for the Baltimore Orioles, becoming the 14th player born in Frederick County to make it all the way to the major leagues. He is Brandon Klein. Uh, BK, I guess it's been a pretty eventful last week for you. Oh, yeah. It's definitely been an exciting, you know, 72 hours to say the least, um, especially this weekend, uh, getting the chance to be able to go up to Baltimore, uh, play in Camden Yards, and then obviously come right back to Virginia, uh, get ready uh, to make a, a nice little trip up to here, Columbus, Ohio, which is where I'm at right now, um, to start playing again. So it's, it's been fun. Um, just still kind of taking everything in. Um, so it's been it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 back with the, the with the Norfolk Tigers. You're in Columbus taking on the Clippers, right? Have you have you gotten a chance to pitch uh, since your big debut on Saturday? I have not. No. So um, so obviously pitched on Saturday, and then um, got like option down after the game. So on Sunday, uh, they were playing back home in Norfolk, and then Monday we actually had an off day. Um, so I kind of had like back to back off days, and then yesterday uh, we flew up here early in the morning. Um, and played last night where I didn't get a chance to pitch. So still haven't been able to toe the slab quite yet, but hopefully I'll get in there at some point today. Um, so it's been it's been enjoyable just to be able to kind of, like I said, sit back and just kind of think about everything that's, that's transpired over the last couple of days. Yeah, let's start from the beginning. First of all, it rained pretty heavily on Friday in, uh, in Norfolk and Baltimore. Did it ever cross your right. mind? Did it ever cross your mind at any point what sort of opportunity that might have presented for you? No, not not at all. Um, especially just because I was more focused on our game, um, trying to figure out um, if we were going to start, if we were going to play, and trying to get mentally prepared for that. And then um, I didn't even think about Baltimore. I saw that they got they got canceled before our game did, but I didn't even think about you know the doubleheader the next day, um, and or the twenty sixth man. Um, and so I was just sitting kind of in the clubhouse doing a Sudoku puzzle. And I got a, I got a call from our manager saying, hey, I need to talk to you. So I went and found him. Um, obviously, he gave me the, the, the good news. Um, and then from that point on, it was just kind of trying to get my emotions in check and trying to calm down and trying to pack some stuff up to go to Baltimore. Back up a second here. I mean, maybe I'm off base here, but aren't you a little young to be doing Sudoku puzzles? Uh, I guess. I don't know. Me and one of the other guys that's uh, – that we kind of started in spring training with, with Elf, uh, Evan Phillips, and we're trying to see who can complete it as fast as, as possible. And since obviously Evan's in the big leagues, it's been one of those things where I just kind of uh, stuck with it every day just to try to kind of get my mind a little bit of a challenge. Um, and it's something that just kind of it entertains me. It gives me something like 15, 20, 30 minutes, depending on, on how hard it actually is to do. Um, and for some strange reason, it's just, I enjoy doing it. <laughs> and, and, and who's winning the race? Who, who's completed the most uh, puzzles so far? Oh, we've both completed a good amount of puzzles, but Evan's been able to do it a lot faster than I am. Okay. Unfortunately. So. All right. So, so uh, Gary Kendall, the Tides manager, he comes up to you. He says he wants to talk to you. Well, what's, what's going through your mind? Well, what do you think he wants to tell you? Well, at the time, I was just confused because he called me. And, like, it was, it was very similar where I just, like, said hello. I didn't hear anything back. And then, so I just hit the end button. Um, and then he's like, um, you know, I need to see you pronto. So then I went, went to go find him. I, I found him in the training room and, and he kind of gave me the news. And at the time I didn't think about anything like potentially of going up to Baltimore or whatnot. Um, I thought maybe it was just, he would want to ask me a question or if he was going to 
um, just get some information maybe about the next day and maybe the game plan of what was going to go on. Um, so it wasn't until he told me that I was going up until kind of things kind of like sunk in and I was like, oh, this is actually going to happen. Um, so it was definitely an exciting time for me. Um, and then I got to, I got to tell my wife in person, which was, which was made the day even more special. Um, so that was pretty cool. Did you have to keep it from your family or did you, were you able to tell them right away? Uh, I kind of had to keep it on the, on the low. I was able to tell my immediate family. So I told, obviously I told my wife, um, I told my mom, I told my dad, uh, I told my wife's parents, I told my brother-in-law, my sister-in-law, um, or both brother-in-laws actually. Um, but for the most part, I told them, don't like, don't break it out on social media. Don't say anything until like the Orioles break it. Um, just because it's something that they, that they just told me to do. So obviously I was able to tell my immediate family. Um, but for pretty much everybody else, I had to wait until the next day for it to kind of get leaked. And then it kind of spread like wildfire. What were your emotions like when you got the news? Oh, I was, so when I originally got the news, my eyes were watering, but I was still emotionally like stable. And then it was like once I went out of the training room um, and guys were out there just congratulating me, um, that's when I started to like, kind of like lose a little bit more. Um, and then like off and off, like the next like 15, 20 minutes, I was just crying, just thinking about just how like long and how hard it's been just to get to the moment of where I was at just in Norfolk. And then just thinking about the opportunity of going to Baltimore and playing in Baltimore um, for my major league debut. And then obviously all the injuries that, kind of came about over the last couple of years and then before that like going to school at eva and and playing back in frederick and all the people that have helped me get to where i am um it just kind of like it just kind of got my emotions all wild up and uh and like i said it took about 20 30 minutes for me to like officially calm down and then after that um it was kind of like okay when i got packed my bags i got to figure out where i'm going how i get to camden yards where's like the clubhouse x i've never been to that part of the, the stadium um and so it was, it was a very special moment, that's for sure. And now, now you said guys were coming up and congratulating you when you got out of the office. Did did everyone else know before you before you knew that you were getting called up? No, not at all. It was just one of those things where they saw what was uh, what was happening in the office with Gary um, talking to me door closed with, uh, with our pitching coach Griffin there, and then they kind of like obviously put the two and two together about the Baltimore having a doubleheader the next day. Um, and then obviously me coming out with my eyes being a little water. So I was just, it was just a couple guys that were like right outside the training room that, that, uh, that were there. And then once I came out, it kind of spread around the clubhouse and, and went from there. And, and how did your wife react? How did your family react? So my, wife, my wife started to cry, which then again made me cry. Um, so especially because I, I was able to keep it, I was keep it together for a, a good while when I got back to the apartment. Um, we just went grocery shopping like the day before, um, and that has somehow like brought like along the lines of like, well, it's, it's kind of stinks that we went to the grocery store yesterday. And she's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, so "We got to go to Baltimore tonight." And she kind of lost it then, and then she asked me whether you know where the team was at. Um, and when I told them that they were in Baltimore, she lost it a little bit more. So that was uh, that was definitely a special moment for our family. Um, and then my mom was like sprinting around the house. Um, I, I could have sworn she would have had a heart attack, but fortunately she didn't. Um, what, what was so, your mom, her house or was your mom, what, was your mom with you down in uh, Virginia at the time? No, my mom was back home, was back home in Frederick. Okay. I, I mean, so you, I had a, I had, go ahead. Sorry. I interrupted. Oh, I was just going to say I had, a, I had to FaceTime her and let, and let her know about the good news. Yeah. I mean, you've watched a ton of baseball movies, Brandon, I'm sure. I mean, you've watched this scene play out over and over again. Was it, 
sort of like right out of the movies uh, that moment or what was it or was it sort of like what you were picturing when you were a boy pitching on the little league fields of Frederick and at, at TJ high school that it did it sort of play out like you might what like you thought it might uh I'd say probably a little bit of both, um, just because I was so caught off guard on, on the news, like I said, first off. And then second off, it was uh, I was a lot more emotional than I thought it would be. <laughs> I thought, I'd, you know, I'd just be like, hey, I get to go to Baltimore or I get to go to the big leagues and, um, and be able to be, you know, happy and excited but not, like, cry as much as I did. Um, but it was definitely something that, you know, I just can't put into words, being able to, you know, call your parents and tell them that you're, um, getting the opportunity to be, become a major league baseball player, um, especially with this all the time, effort, and money that they put in um, to get me to where I am. Um, I think that was just kind of like the biggest like thank you of being able to give them that news and, and not only give them that news, but then tell them that it's you know 45 minutes away from the house, that so they don't have to get on a plane and fly somewhere. Um, that was pretty cool too. You did admit to the reporters before the game Saturday that you are a bit of a softie, Brandon. No, oh, I am. Yeah, I am. But that's just that's just off the baseball field. I'm human, um, so I'm a bit of a softy with all the emotional, uh, the emotion rough I was. Um, but I think in that time and moment, I was allowed to be a little bit of a softy. Um, but uh, yeah. So, like you said, there are some logistical hurdles you had to clear. I mean, how did you get to Baltimore, and how did you sort of throw everything together to get to Camden Yards for the next day? I mean, I'd be lying to you if I, if I told you that it was I did it all by myself because that's definitely not the case. Um, there are so many people, both you know, my family, my friends, but then other just coaches, mentors, strength coaches, advisors, athletic trainers, just everybody that kind of helped me get to this point. Um, and you know, especially like my former teammates, current teammates, everybody that's kind of helped me stay on the path of just being focused on the day, trying to get better in some capacity, whether it's on the field or off the field. Um, and it's kind of just piecing together day by day. That's really all it was. Um, and it, it, I was just fortunate where it kind of led to, you know, obviously the ultimate goal of getting to the big leagues. But now, obviously, since I've been there, I, I want to try to get there again and, and stay for as long as I can. No, but did you have to pack? I mean, did you have to drive? I mean, how, how, how did you get there? So, yeah, I drove. I drove. So I got the news Friday. Friday. So we left Friday night. Um, I actually drove back to Frederick. So stayed the night in Frederick. And then woke up early the next morning to drive, obviously, the 45-minute hour to Baltimore. Um, so I left late Friday night, got into Frederick around like 1.30, and then left to go to the field in Baltimore around like 10 o'clock. Okay. Um, so how many hours, so of, sleep, wasn't, how it, many hours of sleep did you get like in? A, did you, and how many hours of sleep did you get in? Did you sleep well? <laughs> well, uh, let's see here. On Friday, uh, I actually slept a good amount, probably like seven hours. Um what was your then, so your, was your mind racing? Was it hard to get to sleep? No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't difficult just because I knew as a 26th man, like it was a possibility that I didn't get in the game. Um, obviously, depending on what happened in the first game or, or whatnot. So um, I was able to kind of just like kind of relax the day before, and then when I got to Camden Yards the next day and talked with Hyde, he kind of told me the same situation. It's like, hey, you know, it all depends on what's going on, what's happening. Um, I was able just to kind of take everything in, being able to, you know, play catch um, before games, be out on the field, uh, be out there for batting practice. Um, and then, you know, in the first game, obviously, I, I was inside the clubhouse just waiting because I couldn't be out on the field at all. And it was just – it was awesome being there and just being able to be a little calmer. Um, and then, obviously, I got the news that I would be active for the second game. 
Um, and I was still kind of calm and relaxed. But then as soon as I went outside, that's when kind of like, I don't say the nerves kicked in, but more of just like that anxious feeling of like waiting. Um, that's when all that kind of started. Right. What was the drive like from Frederick to Baltimore? <sighs> it was nice being able to just because my wife and daughter were with me because um, they wanted to go see some family after they dropped me off. Um, a, it was great that there was no traffic. That was perfect. Um, so I didn't have to worry about sitting in traffic at all. And it was just really just me just racing about, you know, what could happen or um, I was more focused on where the heck I was supposed to go because <laughs> that could have been a little confusing. Um, so it was, it's, it was a really relaxed ride. Um, wasn't thinking about baseball really at all. Um, was just kind of enjoying being in the car, being in the moment with um, my wife and daughter, obviously going to Baltimore and, and being able to step into the clubhouse and just kind of take that all in. Yeah, it was pretty cool to say that you're pulling into the parking lot at Camden Yards and I'm reporting for work, right? Wasn't that a pretty cool feeling? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's amazing, especially since, you know, it's been it's been a, a long time since I was able to watch a game in Camden Yards, obviously being um, away from, from Maryland and everything. But I think it was like the last time I was in there, we were like, obviously, my mom, I kind of said in her um, her interview when she was on television, like, we'd be in like the nosebleed seat. So it was pretty cool to go from being in the nosebleed seat to being like legitimately on the field and pulling up um, and being in that clubhouse and being able to experience everything that really Camden Yards had to offer. And then I heard you walked out to the field and you really just sort of took a moment to look around and sort of soak soak it in. What, what was what was that moment like? Oh, it was eh, – I can't even put it into words. Just being able to, you know, look around and, and be inside not only just a big league stadium but the stadium that I – you know, I grew up watching baseball and big league baseball. Um, it was surreal. I was able – I kind of went around everywhere. I went from um, our dugout. You know, I walked around the outfield. Um, I went to the bullpen. I kind of just sat there and was able to just look around and, and just, you know, just kind of think about how far and how long it's taken to get there. Um, and I definitely wanted to make sure that I soaked it all in before kind of all the, the anxiety and stress and, and uh, you know, what am I going to throw this guy started to start. Um, so it was able to give me, you know, a nice little like 15, 20 minutes of just being able to soak everything in from that stadium. Um, and that's something I'll have for the rest of my life, which is awesome. And what, what was it like pulling uh, the, the uniform on? Oh, that was uh, that was fun. Simply just because, like, my favorite Baltimore Orioles jersey is the black one, and so obviously being able to play in the second game after um, the first one, we were wearing black, and so I was able to wear my favorite jersey, um, which got me really pumped. I was, I didn't want to take it off. Obviously, um, once I put it on, I didn't want to take it off, and it was uh, it was just a lot of fun. I mean, there's really nothing much I can I can say more about that. Um, I definitely took my time, like lacing my cleats, putting on my pants, putting on my belt, putting on my hat, um, and just taking it all in. Just knowing, like I said, like I keep kind of reiterating, just the amount of people that helped me get to the point where I was at. Um, I'm extremely thankful, and um, it was something, like I said, I've, I'll never forget. That's for sure. Talking to Brandon Klein, uh, made his uh, Major League debut, uh, the 14th player from Frederick County to make it all the way to the Major Leagues. Uh, we want to ask Brandon about uh, getting in the game. Uh, the bullpen phone rang, and he actually got in the second game of the doubleheader. We want to ask him all about that. But first, a quick break here on the Final Score Podcast and a word from our sponsor, PFP. Why do I train? Why do I train? I train to jump higher. I train because I have something to prove. 
be faster. And because speed, strength, and being better overall on and off the field is my mission. Nothing to me is impossible. I'm Andrew Simpson from Players Fitness and Performance in Frederick, Maryland. We have found that most middle and high school athletes do not have complete confidence, which is holding them back from being their best on and off the field. As official partners with FCPS, our why is to inspire athletes like yours to believe in themselves and perform more confidently and consistently in sports and in life. That's our why. What's your why? For more information, check out our website at www.playersfitnessandperformance.com. Back here on The Final Score and very pleased to be joined by Thomas Johnson graduate Brandon Klein. Fresh off his uh, Major League debut with the Baltimore Orioles uh, last Saturday. And and BK, when you walked in the clubhouse last Saturday, I mean, it wasn't a totally unfamiliar feeling with you in some regards because there were some familiar faces in there uh, that, that, that you know well. I mean, uh, Dylan Bundy was there. Mike Wright was there. I mean, you'd seen these guys in spring training. Did that sort of help calm things down for you uh, when you showed up last Saturday? Oh, absolutely. And like you said, I got to, even before this year started, I still knew some of the faces and some of the guys up, uh, up with the big league team. But once I got into spring training and I was there for the, you know, the, the four or five weeks I was there, I got to become really good uh, friends with a lot of the pitchers. Um, so it was awesome to be able to see them again. Um, and as soon as I walked through the clubhouse, I was able to kind of just start chit-chatting and, and really just kind of mellow out. And then I just kind of, guys came up left and right congratulating me, you know, let me know that uh, they were happy I was there. Um, and then for the most part, it was just kind of preparing, not for the first game, but for the second one. So um, it was just kind of giving into a routine that I've never been put in because obviously I've never been like in a clubhouse for one game and then playing in the second. Um, so that was interesting, but it was it was definitely good to be there. Yeah. How did you spend your time during the first game of the doubleheader? Were you just watching on TV in the clubhouse or what, what did you do? Yeah, so I just sat on the couch and they had the game on inside. So I was able to just watch it on television like I would if, you know, I was back home or if we had an off day and I was just watching the Orioles game. So um, even though I wasn't out in the field or in the club or not in the clubs, but in the dugout, um, I was still able to, you know, pay attention and, and, and cheer for the guys. Did, did you have your feet kicked up or were people bringing you snacks and drinks and stuff like that? Or? No, 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 nothing like that. I was just sitting on the couch, um, just drinking some water, just trying to stay as hydrated as I possibly could. Um, I was able to, you know, uh, from time to time, just talk with Cobb since he was starting the second game, um, and then just kind of sit, relax for a little bit, and then enjoy the game. How certain were you that you were going to get in that second game? Um, I didn't really know at the beginning of the game. Um, I, especially, you know, if we were in a winning position, I know that they have their big time guys in Givens and Phillips and Fry and and Castro, where um, they majority they would have. Like, most likely got in the game. Um, but then as soon as the game started, you know, getting um, not away from us, but, you know, runs were being scored for the Twins, I thought like there was a good possibility of me getting in that game. So um, I just wanted to stay in the bullpen, stay loose, stay ready. Um, obviously, I didn't know when or at what point I would get in the game. But at that time, after the first couple of innings, I thought that was a, it was a really good chance. Um, so I was just trying to mentally stay locked in um, and just be ready for when that phone rang. And and what were the nerves like? Were you just chit chatting with the guys, or or what was it like sitting in the bullpen uh, through those first few innings of the second game? Yeah, it was mostly just chit chat with the guys, um, and then like I would just get up and I just randomly stretch. Like uh, like I said, I didn't know at what point I was going to go in the game, so I didn't want to get caught off guard. Um, so I was just kind of moving around a lot. Um, 
I still had an opportunity to be able to just like relax for maybe like an inning or two. But then from after that, like that second inning, it was kind of like, okay, I got mentally prepared to go in, see what they're at the lineup, see what the guys are doing, um, and just kind of really calm myself down. Yeah, so uh, Alex gets out there, Alex Cobb, and he, and he struggles through those first couple innings. Uh, you're sitting out there, and, and then the bullpen phone rings for the first time, and what thought goes through your head at that point? Uh, I immediately popped up and looked to see our bullpen coach answer and see, uh, you know, obviously who's uh, who was supposed to get ready. Um, and as soon as kind of as he said like Mike's name, I kind of like sat down, kind of took a deep breath again. Um, so my, my heart raced a little bit, um, but then once, like I said, once my name wasn't the one called, I kind of had to like sit back down and like just like mentally stay locked in and not kind of like think about anything else for the most part. Yeah, and, and then Mike gets out there and he gets through a couple innings. And then uh, the the phone rings again, and, and you hear Mike Wasden, uh, the the Orioles bullpen coach, say something. What did you hear at that point? Well, at that point, um, Wasden and, and, and gave it gives us such a good job in that bullpen. They said like, most likely that what they would think is the situation is what kind of happened. Like I would get in at some point. He said so. They literally just told me just to be ready. Um, and so when Waz, you know, said Klein's in the game, I literally just like jumped up, threw off my sweatshirt, took a big deep breath and then uh, ran over to the bullpen bag and just started chucking balls. <laughs> yeah. I, after the game, you shared some advice the guys gave you before you got in the game. Uh, what, what was some of that? What were some of the things they told you? What was some of that advice they gave you? Um, the biggest thing that I took into that game was just to breathe. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's, it's an it's a exciting moment. It's a big moment. Um, and, you know, you can really get taken away by just forgetting to breathe and letting everything kind of, take off um your breath really helps you to stay centered to stay focused um that was one of the that was the first thing that they said and the biggest thing that helped me and then the second thing that they told me before even going out there was have fun um they told me just to enjoy the moment obviously you know you only get one debut and to be able to soak everything in yeah uh so so the bullpen gate swings open you're running out there and uh and they're announcing your name uh in uh in front of the whole crowd at camden yards there what was that moment like running in the game uh, it was exciting. Honestly. I thought I thought I was jogging at a pretty good pace when I got back to Norfolk. Everybody told me how I was sprinting to the mound, um, so I guess I was a little more excited than I thought. But uh, it was it was a cool moment being able to run in and just see you know all the people in the stadium. First off, how big the stadium was. It's probably the biggest sort of, yeah the biggest stadium I've ever played in. Um, and then being able to run to the mound and, and you know pick up the ball and kind of do my whole little routine I have when I get out there, um, and then starting to warm up and then. Kind of everything kind of like took off on another level when they introduced me and told me it was like my major league debut and how like I was a local guy and whatnot. That was pretty cool. Um, so that gave me a little bit of chills. But then after that, it was taking another deep breath and then obviously getting my warm up pitches in and getting ready for the first hitter. So, so you heard your name being called. I wasn't sure if you were so locked in, you just didn't hear your name being called over the PA system. But, but you did actually hear that. Yeah, I heard that. It was it was really cool. Yeah. And you said you also heard uh, your family, too, because you, you knew their voices so well. You knew exactly where they were sitting uh, in, in the park. So I knew I knew where some of my friends were sitting just because of how loud they were. Um, and obviously, I've heard that before throughout my, my baseball career. So I knew that they were down by like the first baseline. Um, but I didn't know exactly where like, my wife, my mom, and, and my brother were sitting behind home plate. Um, I tried to look to see where they were at, but there was too many people that I, I couldn't really see. Um, so I just try to figure out, I figured out I'd try to wait and see them after the outing and then figure that out. 
Do you like Do you like to know where everyone is, or would you prefer not to know because that could be a distraction or that that gets in your head, sort of? <laughs> All that matters to me is that they're behind the net. Um, I've seen way too many people in this game get smoked with line drives going into the stands. Right. That I don't like them to be down the line. Um, so as long as they're behind home plate, that's really all I ask for. Um, and at that point, it doesn't matter if I know exactly where they're at or not. Just as long as I know that they're behind that screen, that's that's really what matters to me. Uh, so here we go. You're in the game. Yeah, you're ready to pitch. And the, and the first batter comes up, and it's uh, Jonathan Scope, uh, uh, former Oriole yeah, and, 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 uh, and former teammate of yours uh, of, of the Frederick Keys. What was it like or just how crazy was it that, that he was the first guy you faced in the big leagues? Oh, it was it was awesome. You know, obviously to not only be able to compete with him, but then absolutely or not absolutely, but just be able to compete against him. Um, just knowing that he was the first guy I faced and how I actually knew him was pretty funny. Um, but it was uh, it was definitely an enjoyable moment. You know, obviously Scope's a great player. Um, he's been around the league for a long time, so that kind of really solidified everything when he stepped into the box, being like, "Okay, it's it's time to go and it's time to get these guys out." Um, but it was definitely, I felt a little comical knowing that, you know, the first person that I faced in the big leagues was one of my former teammates. Right. Uh, you, you played with him briefly in what, 2018 with, with the keys. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so we played together last year when he rehabbed in Frederick. And then we also played together on the fall league in 2013. Ah, that's right. Um, yeah. So I've, I've had him, I've had him a couple of different times and scope's a great guy. He's, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, so a great family man. He's always looking out for, for his teammates and for just people in general. Um, and I think you'll hear a lot of the Orioles staff say the same thing, just how nice of a guy he actually is. Um, so, you know, it's good to see that he's doing well in, in Minnesota. Um, but at the same time, it was one of those things where as soon as I get on that field, it's like I'm trying to get him out. Um, but it was definitely a cool experience. And you, and you started him with the strike. What, would you blow a fastball by him, or what, what was that pitch you started him with? No, I threw him a fastball. He fouled straight back off the home plate umpire, and I was just like, "Oh, this is how this is going to start." <laughs> first pitch swing, and so um, I threw him a first pitch fastball. He fouled off, and then I fouled him with another fastball that he he hit into the ground to our shortstop um, for the first out. Right? Did that did that really calm the nerves? Just getting through that first batter. Yes, just being not even the first batter, but just the first pitch helped calm my nerves. Um, I told everybody that I felt like I was calmer out there than I have been. I guess in like years past for some strange reason. And I don't know if it was just because of just the attitude of let's go out and have fun or what. Um, but I felt calm. I felt relaxed. And once I let that first fastball go and obviously he shot it off, I was like, okay, the same game I've been playing my entire life, um, just in a different stadium. And then obviously after that, it was trying to uh, make better pitches and, and get those guys out as, as fast as possible. Cause I know that I didn't want them to see as many pitches as they could because the more pitches they see, the um, better advantage is for them as hitters. And so, obviously, I was trying to get them out just quickly um, and go from there. And, and you were touching 97, 98 on the radar gun, so I guess the arm felt pretty good that night. Yeah, I had a couple days off, so you know, I, was, I was feeling pretty good. And, and obviously, with, uh, with a little bit of the adrenaline rush being in the big leagues, that probably also helped out a lot, too. Yeah. And, and then you, uh, you get a fly ball to center for an out and uh, then a, a, a pop out in foul territory to, uh, I, I believe, uh, uh, the shortstop uh, uh, got it. And uh, you're, you're out of the first inning, one, two, three. I mean, could you have imagined a better start to your big league career? Oh, absolutely not. Just being able to get, you know, three outs um, with the first three batters that I faced um, and not walking anybody, um, 
you know, that really helped calm my nerves a lot, especially after that first inning, just being able to go out there, get three outs quickly, and be like, okay, made my debut or whatever. That's all down in the past. Now it's like getting down to work. Now it's like, hey, we got to get these guys out. So our guys can A, hit and try to put some more runs on the board, but then B, also, so I can save some of those guys in the bullpen. Um, so especially after that first inning, you know, coming off the field with Mancini and, and Rio, and guys were like hugging me and saying, like, congratulations. It was, it was an awesome moment, um, not only for me, obviously, but for my family. And I didn't want to try to get too emotional because I was still in the heat of battle. So I tried to just keep my head down and just keep moving forward. Um, try to do my same routine that I do in between innings, where I just kind of sit there and, and watch and look at a certain spot. Because um, obviously I couldn't just soak everything in in that moment um, because I knew I was going to go back out there and I had to get some more ups. You knew you were going to go back out uh, for for another inning. You were you, uh, you, you yeah okay. You, you did. You knew you were going to work two innings. Um and and, and, yeah. com- and coming off the field after that one two three inning, you seemed to like pause and bow your head a little uh, a little bit. I mean, you seemed to be taken back by the moment just a little bit. Uh, were, were you? Oh, I definitely was. Especially when I looked up coming off the field, and, and uh, like majority of people were standing up clapping. Um, th- that's when I, I was able to uh, get a nice little brief moment and. And look and take that in, but then I put my head straight down because I, didn't, I want to get lost in that moment. I wanted to stay focused. I wanted to, you know, be focused on the next half thing that was about to occur um, and go from there. While, while you were sitting in the dugout uh, in between innings, there, you, uh, your mother was being interviewed on the on the Mid Atlantic uh, Sports Network, and and, and she and she mm-hmm. was wiping she was wiping tears out of her eyes. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the interview since. Just what what was your reaction to your mom's uh, interview uh, on TV? No, that's just that's just good old Mama Klein. Um, obviously, like I like I said in the past, I wouldn't be here without my mom. Um, she's done so many things for me. Um, it's been through a lot of uh, tough times over you know over my the course of my career, um, and this was just kind of like a small little thank you of everything that she sacrificed to get me to this point. And so to to see her. Obviously, you get the opportunity to be able to uh, be interviewed with awesome, but then um, she's, a, she's a sweet, sweet lady, obviously, and she I know she loves me and my brother very much. So it definitely showed in that interview, um, and I'm just glad that she was able to kind of take all that in uh, and be there for that, that special occasion. Yeah, I mean, the emotion was coming through uh, the television screen, really. So um, and as you were sitting there, what, what are you thinking between innings? I mean, because you know the guys have seen you now, that the Twins have seen you throw an inning now. So, so, so what are you thinking as you prepare to head out there for another inning? Um, just continue to attack the strike zone. Um, I know that, obviously, before um, before the game and before everything, I know that, obviously, if you put hitters in hit, like, like hitting counts, like 2 0 um, they can really lock in on a certain section of the plate or lock in on a certain pitch, and that's something I didn't want to do. Um, so I was really just trying to stay focused, not thinking about who's coming up, just trying to execute my game plan. Um, obviously, being out there and getting you know, three outs um, helped my confidence a lot. And so it was just kind of sitting back, breathing once again, um, and staying focused for the second inning. Um, after the first inning, obviously, a bunch of guys came over to congratulate me, telling me welcome to the show, which was, which was fun. Um, but at the same time, I keep talking about, it. I just try to remain focused, um, and then just got ready for that second inning. Yeah. And I uh, coach Hyde said after the game, you're having a little trouble locating your, your, your slider and one, one of your off speed pitches. Uh, is, is that true? And is that what got you into trouble a little bit there in the second inning? Yeah, I was trying to, uh, I threw, I threw a couple good ones, but they weren't really in the strike zone like I couldn't throw for a strike um and obviously in that second inning you saw what big league hitters do when you they can sit on one pitch especially at being a fastball um and so I was able to show a couple that were 
close to the zone, but they were never for strikes. Um, and so once that happened, you you could see how those guys just eliminated it altogether um, and then really zoned it on the fastball. So um, obviously that was one thing that coming back down here to AAA I needed to focus on um, and just continue to work on it. So obviously when I get another opportunity, I'll be uh, I'll be that much better. Uh, so, so Mitch Garver, the first guy you faced in the second inning, he gets you in. And w- w- did you just shake that one off, or how did, how did you react uh, to that home run you gave up? I react to that home run the same way I, re- I react to a lot of home runs. Is Once it's gone, it's, hey, whatever, screw it. Um, there's nothing you can do to fix it or to get it back. And so, obviously, you don't want that to snowball into something else. So, you just got to move on to the next pitch and move on to the next hitter. Um, like I said, Garver hit a 2-0 fastball out. Um, it was up and away, and he just kind of obviously he just he just got to and poked it out. So, like I said earlier, you see what can happen a when guys can eliminate a certain pitch, and b when you put them in the hitter's count, um, they can literally zone in on one pitch in one spot. And you know, Garver's got him off to an extremely good start, and I think it felt like he hit like ten home runs in the, in those two games. Right. Um, but but you know, tip my cap to him. Obviously, he he put himself in a good situation, and and he got a good pitch to hit. Yeah, but but you're still battling out there. You're still getting outs, and then uh, Nelson Cruz comes up. Uh, obviously, a renowned, uh, great power hitter of, of, for a long time in the major leagues. Uh, you, you get the count to three to two uh, with with Nelson Cruz. Did you think you were in a, in a little bit of trouble at that point? Um, not really, just because I thought that if I located my my fastball loan away, um, obviously the pitch before he kind of like got barely got to it and flipped it away. Um, but that once again goes into taking into account about how important it is to be able to throw something else other than a fastball for a strike. Um, so obviously a three-two count, he was able to sit dead red fastball, and I left the fastball middle up, and he did not miss it. Um, and so that was the that was the big takeaway that I that I joked around with after the game is you cannot leave three-two fastballs up to Nelson Cruz because he will hit them. Um, but saying that, like I said, it's it's uh, it's such a great experience. It was a great moment, but it was, it was also a great learning moment as well, um, knowing exactly what I have to do to like, come back down here and work. So whenever I get that next opportunity to go back up to Baltimore, um, I'll be able to compete at an even higher level. Uh, and, and then you get and then you get a third out, and, and, and you're through two innings. Did, did you think you were done at that point? Did you know you were done, or did you think you had a chance to come out for another inning? Um, I did not know if I was done or not. I came in, I sat down, um, and then once I came in and sat down for maybe 15, 20 seconds, Hyde came down, you know, shook my hand, said, hey, great job, uh, you're done, that's it. And then same thing with Broke. Um, and they also said welcome to the show, which was pretty cool. Um, so it was, it was at that time, that's when I was able to kind of just sit back and just kind of take everything in. And then after that, Cashner came over and was just chatting with me about, like, what my thought process was when throwing my slider, um, you know, things such as, like, where I was looking, um, how I was holding it, what I was thinking mentally when like letting it go. And so he gave me some really good tips um, to be able to come down here, obviously, because I, I had a good good feeling I was going to come back down after that game, um, come down here and work on. And, and so far, you know, it's, they've really helped out a lot. So Cashner's ever since spring training's really helped me um, improve my game in multiple ways. Yeah, what was the big emotion? Was it just relief? I mean, obviously you were very proud and happy about the moment, but was it just relief you had gotten through those two innings? It was mixed for the for the the um I can't talk right now. <laughs> it was a mixed mixed emotions or mixed just for the feeling that not only obviously yeah I, I, I was able to throw two innings in the big leagues, but at the same time I gave up two home runs. So it's kind of like that competitive nature where like okay it's cool to be up there, but at the same time it's like I don't like getting hit. <laughs> um, so I'm just sitting there just kind of like meditating on on things I can do to get better. 
um, you know, things that, you know, I could, I could have gone differently. Um, but at the same time, like I said, it's, it's a, it's a learning curve. So, um, I've been able to use what I found up there, um, what I saw. And just when I got back down here to AAA, just started to go back to work. Um, uh, but th- it was definitely kind of like a sigh of relief at the end, just being able to finally take it in and, and sit on the bench and just kind of look around the stadium, look at the guys on the field and just has to kind of sit there and be like, I made it. Um, but now it's, it's to the point where I just don't want to make it. I want to stay. So obviously I'm down here. I'm working hard. Um, and I'm trying to continue to get better. Did you ever dream of getting relieved by Chris Davis? No, no, that, that was, uh, that was an interesting thing to see, you know, big CD out there on the mound. Um, so it was, it was a cool experience to be able to sit in the dugout and watch that firsthand. And, and technically, um, technically, Brandon, he did finish with one more strikeout in the game than, than, than you did. I know that's what that's what made the joke about how I need to I need to talk to him about how to strike guys out. Um, yeah, he threw a nasty changeup, but um, it was also it was also funny to see how once again the first batter I believe he faced was Scope as well. So former teammates facing each other. Um, yeah, so it, was, it, it, it was it was a moment, and, and and Scope got him too, and he sort of like yeah. jo- jokingly staring him down uh, after he hit that home run. So, um, yeah, it, it, could you get a hit off Chris Davis if he was pitching? Could you get a hit off him? Oh heck no! He was throwing. I think he was throwing like I saw like eighty five, eighty six. Okay, not I bad. I haven't I haven't stepped in a box since two thousand and nine, so the year I graduated high school. Um, and that was like I felt like back in the day in like Maryland baseball, where like if you were throwing 85, 86, you were throwing hard. So mixing the fact that I haven't seen live pitching in literally a decade, and then mixing also the fact that at 85, 86, I probably could not get a hit. Hey, Coach Coach Ford, he put you in the in, in the batter's box there at TJ. Yeah, uh, like I said, man, it's been it's been it's been a long time since <laughs> I hit. So if I. If I ever get on a National League team and I have the opportunity of hitting, that's going to be interesting to say the least. Right. Well, was the understanding all along that you would be back in AAA after the game? Did you expect it just to be a sort of a one-time thing, or were you, or were you not sure? I was expecting that. Um, obviously, I knew that I was coming up to be the 26th man for the doubleheader, and, and my job if I was to get into the game was to try to eat as many innings as I could. Um, so I had a very good feeling that I was coming up for the one day, um, which I was perfectly content with the one day, and then, um, getting sent right back down. So um, I like to think that I did my job. Um, I tried to, you know, obviously it was a, it was a cool moment for my family and I. Um, but like I said earlier, it's one of those things now where I've been able to process everything that happened up there, bring it down here, um, continue to work. So when I get the opportunity, the next opportunity to go back up there, I'll be that much better um, and really try to make a case of being able to stay um, instead of just kind of going up there for a day. And after the game, there were a bunch of reporters and cameras around your locker. Was that a sort of a cool thing for you to, to, to be able to do a post-game press conference like that? Yeah, that was pretty neat, obviously, just because I see it uh, on TV all the time. Um, obviously, I wish it was it was an interview after the game where obviously I went two scores innings instead of giving up two runs. Um, but it was still uh, a unique experience um, and being able to talk to the media and, and be able to try to put into words what I was feeling, what I was thinking on the mound. So it was uh, it was another pretty cool moment. Uh, uh, just locating consistently your off-speed pitches is that the big thing you're working on now that you're back in AAA? Yes, hundred um, percent. Just because the fastball command for the most part is there, um, being more consistent down the zone, obviously with it is what I'm really shooting for. But it's it's in the it's in the ballpark. 
Uh, really, the off-speed stuff is what's going to help me when I get back up there. It's going to help me even at this level. Um, I talked to some of the guys, you know, the first couple weeks I was down here, and these hitters in AAA are, are really good, too. You know, a lot of them have, you know, two, three, four years of big league service time. Um, so it's uh, obviously it's, it's why I'm here. It's here to develop. It's here to get better. Um, and I feel like once I kind of get a better understanding, better grip of being able to throw my slider and change it for strikes, obviously it's just going to make my fastball play even more than it already does. Yeah, I mean, how is your time in Norfolk? How is your time with the Tides gone so far? So far it's gone pretty well. We have a really good team down here, a really scrappy bunch. Um, so it's uh, it's a lot of guys I've played with in, in years past, only in Bowie last year. Um, but then also like just throughout my time with the Baltimore Orioles organization. Um, so we have a lot of good guys, a lot of uh, knowledgeable guys, both on the mound and in the field. So, so we, on the bench, we talk to each other about like pitch grips, pitch sequencing, which you would throw to certain hitters. Um, and then even like one of the cool things is we have a lot of advanced hitters, obviously, like I said, with guys having big league time and just being able to pick their brain about like sitting, like watching a game unfold, be like, okay, what would you be sitting on in this situation? And they'll explain, well, I'm going to sit on, you know, this slider because in the three or four guys before me or the last two at-bats, this is what this guy's trying to do to me with runners in scoring position. Where I feel like in um, other leagues, it might be it might be just like, I'm sitting dead red fast because it's a 2-0 count. So just the, the knowledge of the hitters that are here at the AAA level, um, it's just obviously it's it's so much higher than the other levels. And so it's, it's a good way of being able to learn from not only pitchers, hitters. Yeah, you were leaving the Orioles uh, clubhouse. I think you were on your way to, to greet your family and take some pictures and stuff, and and you were stopped by a member of the opposing team, and and I believe it was Mr. Scope, uh, who it was who, Mr. Scope. Who, who stopped you in the in the in the concourse down there. What, what was that exchange like? What did he say to you? Well, it was just a rough bet. It was just a good time to just be able to see him, whether it was for like just the two or three minutes that we got to talk, just to be able to see him again and chat with him. Um, but at the same time, he kind of said the other thing that everybody else said. He said, uh, you know, congratulations and, and welcome to the big leagues, um, which was awesome. But then at the same time, he really helped me. He was like, he's like, what you did tonight is like your stuff plays and your stuff belongs here. Just remember that. That was one of the biggest like takeaways I took away from Scope. Um, so obviously now it was, it was extremely nice and extremely humble just for him, A, to say that, even though he's on the opposing team. Um, but B, you know, Scope has like, six years in the big leagues. So that, that, that helped me with my confidence even more um, than I already had. And so obviously that gave me even more motivation when I got down here to continue to work on things. Uh, but it was just a nice moment just to be able to sit with him, you know, just to make sure that his family's doing well um, and that everything's going right for him. So it was pretty cool. All right, BK, before I let you go and uh, get your workout in, a couple of other things I wanted to ask you about. Uh, first of all, the NFL draft is going on right now, and, and your Baltimore Ravens uh, took a receiver last night. They, they need a receiver, and they, and they took uh, they need him. They, they took Marquise Brown of uh, Oklahoma. I, I take it you were pretty happy with that pick. I'm extremely happy, and like we kind of chatted about before, obviously me being a, a big Ravens fan, one of the things that they kind of – at one point they didn't need last year because of how good the running game was. They just need that – that receiving threat um and obviously now with that they have somebody that lamar can dump off little screen passes maybe a little slant just get the ball out of lamar's hand into his hand and he can just take off and maybe just run for 20 30 40 50 yards and then that just obviously complements the, the great running game that they have so 
Um, I've been hearing, I've been reading a lot of articles, obviously, like everybody else that's, that's been given Lamar Jackson's high praise about how he's throwing the ball. So I'm, I'm looking forward to how the season's A starts, but B, at the same time, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do on the second and third day in the draft and who they snag up. Are, are you worried about how small Marquise Brown is? I mean, I might be bigger than Marquise Brown, uh, uh, Brandon. They were, they were talking about that, but at the same time, you see about how many small guys there are in the NFL. Um, they, like, they compare him to Deshaun, um, Deshaun Jackson, who's not a big guy either. Um, and he's been able to be in the league for like five, or not five, but like ten years. Um, and then apparently he's also right around the same height and weight as Antonio Brown, maybe a little less. So he's pretty good. Well, and I think he's, uh, he's he's doing pretty well in the NFL. He's a, he's he's actually a cousin of Antonio Brown, and he and he sort of runs and moves just like him. So that's that's certainly not a bad thing at all. So right. Um, uh, secondly, uh, were you aware, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen this, that the Frederick Keys did a Brandon Klein jersey giveaway where, where half the jersey was uh, TJ and half the jersey was uh, Frederick Keys and, and your name was on the back? Have, have you seen this? I was aware of that, yeah. They actually reached out to me this past offseason um, and told me that they were thinking about having this idea of having a jersey giveaway night. Um, and I just thought, like, I'm I, who am I to have, like, a jersey? Like, I'm not a big leaguer. Um, I don't have like a lot of service time. Um, so, I mean, it was, it was very nice for them to, to do this. I know my mom was really excited. Um, but even like, I had a couple of people send me pictures of how long the line was just for the giveaway t-shirt. Um, so I know I'm, I'm extremely appreciative of everybody just showing up to the park and, and really liking the t-shirt, um, and, and, and snagging one as well. I, I trust you own a Brandon Klein jersey. I do have one. I don't know if I will wear it because I just that's just yeah, not I mean, my look. I feel like I, 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 feel, can, I feel can like you wear can you wear your own t-shirt. can you wear your own jersey is the question. Yeah, I don't know if I will ever be able to do that. Um but I definitely know I definitely own one and my my family owns one as well, so um so they they enjoy them, and that's really all that matters. Well, I'm, I'm sure your I'm sure your lovely daughter would like to wear would like to wear your jersey uh, one day. So Oh yeah, she'll play around in the dirt with it most, most likely. <laughs> she can get tall. She might be able to fit into it in about two years, anyway. <laughs> oh really? She's getting that tall already. Yeah. So. She's, a tall, she's a tall girl. <laughs> okay. And uh, lastly, I cannot let you go uh, without asking you about your uh, Virginia Cavaliers and uh, one of the great redemption stories in college basketball. A year after becoming the first one seed to lose, they come back and win the national title. Uh, how about your Wahoos and uh, winning it all this year? So happy for that program and just the, not only just the, the perseverance and determination, obviously after what happened last year, um, to just use that as more motivation this year when they got in the tournament, especially after game one where they are down by 14 in the first half. They kind of, kind of just thought about like letting the season crumble again and here we go again, but they didn't. They battled. Um, and it just shows you, obviously, A, the type of leadership that uh, that was on that team. Um, also, you could see saw throughout the tournament just – how calm Tony Bennett was, um, and I think that really helped and it showed in his players and the way they played. They were never worried about, you know, being up or down or how close the game was. They stuck to their game. They stuck to what they were good at, and it was awesome to see finally that they were able to hold that national championship trophy up um, and be and be the winner. So I'm extremely happy for that program. Um, I My championship T-shirt is on the way, which I'm nice. so happy for because I will wear it everywhere. And I will let people know, um, but it's uh, it's a really exciting time to be a Wahoo fan. Did you get a chance to go back to any games? Have you gotten to know any of those guys? 
No, unfortunately, with the way my offseason has gone the last couple of years, I have not been able to go back. Um, so I don't know if any of them personally. I think the last the last guys that I kind of personally were Justin Anderson and Brogdon. Gotcha. Like a couple of years ago. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to, you know, maybe this offseason, a couple next offseason meeting up with, with Tyler Wilson since he lives in, in Seville and has season tickets and, uh, and somehow persuading him to take me instead of his wife. So. Yeah, there you go. And, and, and Brogdon's having a pretty nice uh, NBA career um, so far with, with, with the Bucks. So, Yeah. Brandon Klein, uh, a relief pitcher in the Baltimore Orioles system, made his Major League debut last Saturday. Thank you so much for joining us, man. This has been a lot of fun. So, uh, hey, look, no problem. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, look, look forward to seeing you back in the big leagues uh, really soon. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, Brandon. Thanks. Uh, All right, take care. My thanks also uh, to uh, Graham Cullen uh, uh, for producing the podcast and to all of you for listening. I'm Greg Swatek of the Frederick News Post Sports Department, and we'll see you back here next week on the Final Score Podcast presented by PFP, Players, Fitness, and Performance.